With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. He's a well-respected high school football scout. Known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith Miller. He's a well-respected national high school football recruiting analyst. Craig, Craig Biggins. Together they bring you the transparent truth. The world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. The transparent truth. Tr- 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 <laughs> welcome, welcome. You know, listen to the transparent truth. You know what you're listening to. You tuned in, you tapped in. It's your boy, Coach Keith. I'm in the studio in the Miracle Mile, Maslin and Wilshire. I got a lot of energy. I'm looking forward to today's show. My man, Greg Biggins, is on a blind. GB, what it do? Hey, what's up, Keith? What's going on? Hey, hey, man. It's 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 recording live on a Tuesday. It's dropping on a Wednesday. Excited about today's show. Got a big-time sleeper that came out of the woodworks. And I'm so excited to introduce this kid to the world. But before we do that, GB, we got to get rocking with some recruiting news. The Transparent Truth Recruiting Report. What you got for us? What we got for you, Keith, is this. Have a handful of commitments. Nice week for Washington State. Nice week for Utah. Nice week for Arizona State. Uh, let's start off with the Sun Devils. How about Donovan West, Keith? Yes, love him. An offensive lineman. He is from the high school we call Alamany. He is going to Arizona State. Great pickup for the Sun Devils. Last trip was to Utah. A lot of people thought Utah might be the school because they got the last visit. Also visited Nebraska and Boise State, but he went ahead and jumped on the Herm Edwards train. That thing is rolling pretty strong right now. It's a nice job. For ASU, nice job by Donovan West. We have a quarterback who I know you like quite a bit from Folsom, California. But My guy. Bennett. Yeah. He's going to Boise State, so they're taking two quarterbacks. Obviously, they already have another guy we all love. Absolutely. Hank the Bank or Spank. Spank. Spank Bachmeyer. Uh, so, Boise's got two guys, which is uh, – which is good. You know, there's, there's kind of two different ways of thought when you bring in two guys. And obviously, Boise State had Hank as their as their guy. They lost the kid to a transfer, went on the second quarterback, which is Caden Bennett, who would be a first quarterback for a lot of schools. So what a, what a uh, just a, a ridiculous riches to have these two. I can't think of the term. Of embarrassment. Yeah, embarrassment. Of, yeah, sure. Embarrassment of riches. Both these two guys are extremely talented. So it'll be fun to see those two guys compete with each other. Both of these guys, if you combine their yardage total, shoot, that's like a billion yards right there. Speaking of Nebraska, actually, I kind of just touched on Nebraska when I mentioned Donovan West, but uh, Javin Wright, who's the son of the great Toby Wright from those glory days of old, yeah, he went ahead, kind of narrowed it down to Nebraska, UCLA, but there was no way he was going anywhere other than Nebraska. So Javin Wright went ahead and committed last week. Uh, Junior Tafuna from Bingham High School in South Jordan, Utah, uh, went ahead and committed to Utah. I think Bingham High School has kind of always been a nice little pipeline for the Utah Utes. And Junior Tafuna is going to be going there. And then Washington State landed four players, Keith. Tyler Gray-Harris, 6'5", 230-pound defensive end from Bishop O'Dowd. Uh, that's where Pastor Napoleon Kaufman is coaching at. He committed to Wazoo. Also, Dijon Benton, the big D tackle, plays alongside Jacob Bandis at Pittsburgh. He's going to Wazoo. Uh, Nasser Sims, the big 6'1", 270-pound D tackle from Desert Edge, Arizona, going to Washington State. And then staying with the Arizona theme, uh, Cosmos Quetti, hope I didn't kill that name, uh, 6'3", 220-pound outside backer from Phoenix, Arizona, also committed to Washington State. So all four of those guys committed on Monday, Keith. Nice. So Wazoo, just boom, 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 boom. Um, and then uh, uh, I, I changed my crystal ball Uh-oh. on a guy Uh-oh. who goes by the name of Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh-oh. Did you come I, I to know. the dark side, GB? Did you come to Coach Keith's dark side? I don't know if it's dark or light. You, you, you kind of were feeling Bama? Yeah. That's that the dark side? I, dude, I, I see I crystal ball in the Oregon, Keith. Ooh. Interesting. I think right now I'm very interested. I'm not, I'm not fully all in on this crystal ball. Okay. 
I, I just don't feel like Florida State is the school, and Oregon's got all the buzz right now. We took that visit a few weeks ago, and I think I thought, and a lot of people thought, hey, you know, it's post-visit buzz. It's going to wear off in a couple of weeks. They'll come back to Florida State and Bama, and that buzz has worn off, but he still has that high on the Ducks, and I think it's all about personal relationships with him, and he's been, you know, he's knows, been known Keith Hayward since middle school, uh, really likes Big Joe Salave, the D-line coach, likes Crystal Ball, Court Dennison, they're all on him hard. End of the day, I still feel like, will, will he really give up that big stage? I mean, Kayvon's all about the big stage. He's all about, oh, yeah. you know, wanting to be in the limelight, wanting to be the show, but I talked to someone pretty close to his recruitment. He said, you know what, Kayvon feels like no matter where he goes, he's going to bring that buzz. He's going to bring that big stage. He could go to sneaking Alabama, Florida State, or Cal State Fullerton. Yeah. He's bringing the buzz. So right. he's got a ways to go. He's got Florida this weekend. Um, that'll probably be his last trip unless he takes a trip to USC. Him and USC have not really been doing much for a long time. It's amazing if it does pan out, and it is Oregon, Keith, because Oregon was basically a distant fourth yeah. prior to his trip. So haven't seen too many come-from-behind wins, and if it happens, man, that'll be something for the Ducks. That will be amazing. That would be amazing, and I agree with you when you talk about Kayvon. Kayvon wants to be the show. He wants to be the main attraction. He's he's that, and this is why I love him so much, Greg. And I know people like to get on me because I'm kind of I got some favoritism towards Kayvon. Kayvon is a program changer. He's the alpha's alpha male. He can change a culture uh, of a program. With his energy, with his presence, with his play, and uh, hey, if it's the Ducks, then you know, great for them. I still think it's the Alabama Crimson, Crimson Tide. So we'll see how it all, uh, you know, shakes out over the next couple of weeks. It's gonna be exciting. Absolutely. Hey, a lot of unofficial visitors and and official visitors. And, and speaking of the Oregon Ducks, Keith, they had another huge weekend. Uh, they had a win over UCLA and as they like to do for you know big games they brought in a, a ton of official visitors uh, Drake Jackson Stephon Wright Siaki Ika three of the top defensive linemen were all there yeah. um, all those guys it's kind of hard for me to to really figure out where they're leaning I think with Siaki Ika he's the big D tackle from Utah we had him as an Alabama lean but you know what Oregon made a great impression. And again, Big Joe, Salavea, Polynesian connection. And, and for those who don't fully get that, it, you know, the Polynesian bond is extremely strong. So um, that's why I think they're going to see a school like Oregon be able to compete with a school like Alabama for a guy like Tiaki Ika. Just look at it, you know, just weigh the two. Not, not, not a knock on Oregon, but Alabama's at a different level. Sure. Um, elite no, program. I mean, elite of the elite. Right. So. But Oregon did a great job. Stephon Wright, I still think, is an Arizona State lean. And I think for the Sun Devils, this is huge for them. He's coming back this week wow. uh, for, for an unofficial visit, as is Drake Jackson, Keith. So both nice. those two guys are taking unofficials to ASU. They've already taken their officials. So they're going on their own dime back up to ASU. Obviously, it's a five-hour drive. Yeah. But still, I mean, it's it's both these guys are, you know, they don't have to do it. So it kind of shows that they do have real interest. Cal Ford was also out there. He had his uh, ACL surgery on Monday, so I haven't even tried to check in with him about the trip other than just to text him and say, hey, hope your surgery and your knee's going to be good. But uh, Kyle Ford, another guy for me, maybe the hardest guy to, to call, to predict. Um, you know, Washington is doing really good with him. USC is always going to be a factor. Can't rule out Colorado. And then obviously Oregon is another school that's, you know, going to make a big impression with him. So, um yeah, with Kyle Ford. And then also uh, Logan Sagapolo, the big-time center from yeah. Sky Ridge, Utah. I think he is probably an Oregon lead. I would not be surprised if he makes a decision pretty quickly here. And then Higley, D-lineman Ty Robinson was also at Oregon. So all six of those kids were there for unofficials. And then one of my favorite linebackers in the 2020 class, Keith Jordan Patello. Yep. Um, I, I mean, Justin Flo, if he's the alpha, this guy – you, I don't know if you had a chance to watch his junior tape yet, Patello. He's not far behind at all. He's a tremendous talent, a little more length than Baby Man, and, and just plays with just the, the same amount of passion and fire. He was also on campus at Oregon. So it's truly amazing to me what a great job Oregon does getting kids on campus for unofficial visits to, to pay their own way 
to get out there. So Botello, big time linebacker, he's from St. Louis High School in Honolulu, Hawaii. Uh, he was up at Oregon. Uh, one of our good friends of the program, Clark Phillips Keith, was up at LSU. Um, I talked to him on Monday, and he said he loved the trip. Spent a lot of time with Coach Raymond, Coach Ogeron, and he might go back up there for an official trip in the spring. He's trying to get to Texas A&M in three weeks for another unofficial. And, you know, Clark, man, he loves to travel. He's already been up to a lot of places, but he mentioned this spring wanted to go to Utah, Notre Dame, Colorado, and I think he mentioned two other schools whose names are escaping me. Um, Oklahoma uh, was another one he mentioned. I believe he said Arizona as well. So Clark Phillips is getting after it. And then we saw a couple uh, pretty good 2021 players, Anthony Beavers from Sarah, Jake Garcia from Notre Dame. They are both at that crazy Texas game. Um, Texas hosted West Virginia. West Virginia pulled that one out in the end. And I'll tell you what, Keith, I can't wait for the David Seals 30 for 30 to come out in hmm. 15 years. And that's going to be a, a funny story. For those who don't know, David Seals is the, is the kid who, when he's a seventh grader, uh, committed to Lane Kiffin at USC as a quarterback. Never developed. Just you watched him throw when he was a freshman, sophomore. And literally, I, you couldn't tell if he was throwing with his right or left hand. He was, he was not good at all. Goes to a, you know, goes to Juco route transitions to receiver blows up the last two years and he could be a first, second, third round pick depending on how he tested the combine. He's putting up huge numbers at West Virginia. Awesome kid. Always been a fan of him as a person. He endured so much crap and people saying, oh, this guy sucks. Wow, this guy committed as a seventh grade. What, what a joke. Um, just developed into a, a really good receiver. Always kept a, a really level head. Very devout kid. And uh, I've always been a big fan of David Seal. So uh, if he ends up having a decent NFL career, that whole seventh grade commitment is going to, like I said, going to make for a, a nice little 30 for 30. And Keith, that is it for recruiting notes for the week. Hey, David Seals, really good football player. A couple things stand out really quick. I want to point out, GB, Coach Cristobal at Oregon did a great job of hiring or retaining a bunch of recruiters on that staff. And they're doing a absolutely amazing job bringing in talent they've got the top talent on the west coast coming in week in and week out to eugene to check out the games and the facilities and the campus they're doing an outstanding job you talked about it siaki Ika, jordan botello in the junior class uh you know they, they got a loaded logan sagapolo they got a loaded group Kayvon thibodeau you've crystal balled them there to oregon they're doing an outstanding job there in eugene and the ducks on the trail some of the top prospects on the west coast even in the country and secondly very, very impressed with the job Herm Edwards has done uh, over at Arizona State and staff doing an excellent job now loading up on the recruiting trail. I think they've got a really good shot at Jake Jackson. Stephon Rice probably a lean to Arizona State. I'm wondering why a guy like Enkeel Harry is not in the running for the Heisman Trophy. Of course, you know, two attack of our lower quarterback at Alabama is probably the leader and probably going to win it, but Enkeel Harry has been as impressive as anybody thus far in the college football season. And uh, that Arizona State football team what a big upset last week at Utah, Herm Edwards, Antonio Pierce, those guys getting it going. How about freshman, you know, Merlin Robertson, defensive player of the week again in the Pac-12. He's doing an outstanding job. The former Sarah Cavalier. So the uh, hat is off. The Oregon coaching staff doing an outstanding job recruiting, bringing in top talent. Arizona coaching, Arizona State, excuse me, coaching staff doing a great job, not only bringing in really good talent recruit for this next recruiting class, but also putting a tremendous product on the football field and developing players in season and really getting these young guys up to speed and up to breast where they can come out, be efficient and productive. Guys like Merlin Robertson, um, you know, Ashari Crosswell, they're doing an outstanding job. So, just wanted to shout those guys out really quick. But GB, thank you very much for recruiting, my man. It's time to move along. We got our top players, top performers coming up. But before we get to that, GB, let's get to our Sleeper of the Week. It's time for our Sit and Sleep Sleeper of the Week. Really want to thank our guy, Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. 
Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. All right, our sleeper of the week this week comes out of the woodworks, Greg Biggins. I mean, <laughs> you talk about a guy that just uh, just pops up out of nowhere into my DMs on my Twitter line. Got no idea who the kid is. No less what than is? no less than sixteen hours ago. But let me tell you a little bit about my guy Dante Atkins out of Highland High School, a six foot three, six four. 295-pound offensive tackle, offensive guard. Man, very nimble, very athletic. Doesn't have great length, but is physical at the point. He's got a nasty finishing chip on his shoulder. Um, He's smart. He's very aggressive. You can tell his football IQ on tape. He understands how to work different levels. He understands angles, how to dip and rip through the chest of a linebacker once he's comboing to that second level. Really like this kid. He's a Pac-12 level football player. I believe a Pac-12 offer is going to be coming really, really soon for uh, Mr. Atkins over there at Highland High School. So, Dante Atkins, offensive lineman, 2019, Highland High School. You are this week's Transparent Truth, Sleeper of the Week. Congratulations. Let's move along. Greg Biggins, we got top performers, my man. I'm going to start us off. I don't have a big list, but I do have one. Let's go with the first round of the playoffs. How about defensive back, 2021, DJ Harvey out of Sierra Canyon. Three interceptions, big-time game for the sophomore running back and teammate EJ Gable. Three rushing touchdowns for Sierra Canyon. Moving on to the second round, wide receiver Gary Bryant. Three total touchdowns, including a punt return that was wicked. And we're going to be talking a little bit about Gary as we move along in the show here today. But congratulations to those SoCal top performers on my list. GB, what you got? I don't have a whole lot either. Um, I have a kid who goes by the name of Xavier Gorgi from Rancho Verde. He had three touchdowns, 275 yards rushing in their big win over Tesoro High School. We had Brendan Costello. 13 of 18 for 2, 5, 6, and a touchdown also rushed for two scores. His running back, R.J. Donaldson, all part of the process, one town, one team. He had 152 yards and four touchdowns, Keith. Nice. Four. And they're a big win over Mirada Valley. And let's go ahead and stick with that game just because it was Hank Bachmeyer's last game. He went out like a champ, as he always did. He was running around like crazy, Keith, running around like crazy, but he still had 26 of 33 for 326 and two touchdowns also rushed for 66 yards. Love Hank. Uh, great career and uh, going to miss the guy. Hopefully he has a great career at Boise State. Go uh, ahead, Keith. Absolutely. Spank. Congratulations and, uh, you know, tip of the cap, my man. Let's move to San Diego really quick. Quarterback from Santana High School, junior Nathan Temple. You can like this kid, Greg. 24-30, 532 yards and seven touchdowns with a historical win uh, in terms of points out in the San Diego area. Why His wide receiver, Randy Smith, caught 13 passes for 335 yards and five touchdowns, including one for 84 and 62 yards. It was an unbelievable game. You got to read about it if you haven't heard about it. How about the Madison High School senior quarterback, Daniel Stokes, with Keenan Christian out with an injury. He rushed for 13 times. He rushed for 216 yards, including touchdown runs of 88 and 42 yards. He also was 9 of 15 for 150 yards and two touchdowns. If you count that home, that's about 366 yards total offense and four touchdowns. He got a great job, Daniel Stokes, senior quarterback. Moving up to NorCal real quick. Quarterback Jackson Chris out of Palo Alto High School, 18 for 26, 380 yards and five touchdowns. They were 88 yards, 70, 37, 27, and 30 yards. Congratulations, Jackson Chris. And then none other than the Pro Football Hall of Fame All-American. Wide receiver Giles Jackson out of Freedom High School. Seven catches, 236 yards, and three touchdowns. And I'm wondering why Giles Jackson is not ranked higher than he is as I shout out those numbers. He's a special football player, an unbelievable athlete. And um, I guarantee you, if you know a guy by the name of Cheetah in the NFL, Cheetah, that's Giles. Be on the lookout. It's coming down a pipe, GB. It's coming down a pipe, my man. That's all I got for top performers this week. I got a couple more. I got three more. And just to throw it out there, Giles Jackson, we, we do have him as a top two, four, seven guy. So we like, we're big fans of Mr. Giles okay. Jackson okay. ourselves. Those guys that 
you know, there's other two networks, Keith. I got you. I got you. playing him. Um, how about a guy named DJ Rui Anilale, say John Bosco, efficient night, 14-19 for two, five, five, and four touchdowns. How about Jaden Daniels? He's going to break a lot of records now that Hank Boxmeyer's out of the playoffs. Those two guys are kind of going back and forth a little bit. Jaden Daniels, 26-32. 285 and five more touchdowns. He now owns the seven section record, Keith, for career touchdowns. He also rushed for 99 yards. And I, I don't know about the Cajon defensive stats, Keith. The last couple of years have been kind of suspicious, but it has Jonathan Perkins down, our boy Jay Perks, with 24 tackles. There's been a, a bunch of games where he's had 20 and 18 and 19. I'm going, man, a lot of tackles. Where's the rest of the team? And yeah. stats, including practice early in the week, too. I don't know, but. Uh, how about Ethan Garbers from CDM, Corona Del Mar? He was an efficient 24 of 32 for 362 and five touchdowns. Ethan Garbers, the younger brother of Cal quarterback Chase Garbers. CDM had a big win over Redondo, and Ethan Garbers is definitely making a name for himself as well. And that is it for me this week for uh, State Stat Stars of the Week. Man, Garbers, man, he's had a huge season, Greg. And uh, I see yeah, his number. His number is going to jump big time uh, this offseason. There's no doubt about it. But right now, GB, we got to get to some special announcement. Got some special announcements for some guys here in the Southern California area. Want to quickly shout out a few guys. Want to quickly shout out my guy over there at Lawndale High School, Jordan Wilmore. Jordan Will score the running back out of Lawndale High School. I want to congratulate you, my man, on a terrific season so far. I want to congratulate you on a terrific career. And I want to take this time, Mr. Jordan Wilmore, to invite you to the Pro Football Hall of Fame Academy World Bowl 2018. This is your official invite, Mr. Jordan Wilscore, official invite to the World Bowl 2018 in Mexico City. 123 million people in Mexico are waiting to see you ball, big fella. And we can't wait to get you out there and show the world, not just the United States, but show the world what you can do on the biggest platform in high school football sports. But I'm not done, GB. I got one more invitation. I want to invite the number one safety in the state of California, near and dear to my heart, five minutes from my house, Mr. Chris Atamora, Mayfair High School. It's your time, big fella. This is your official invite to the Pro Football Hall of Fame Academy World Bowl 2018 in Mexico City. I'm happy to have you. I'm excited to get both Southern California kids, because I'm a Southern California guy, down to Mexico City and show all the fans, not only in Mexico, because the game is going to be shown in 10 different countries, but we're going to show the world what you two Southern California boys can do. And, I, and I'm happy to have you. I'm glad to have you. And welcome to the Pro Football Hall of Fame Academy. Welcome to the World Bowl 2018. GB, I'm not done. I've got one more. This is not a World Bowl invite, but I do want to shout out my guy, Gary Bryant. Been knowing Gary since eighth grade, Centennial wide receiver. Want to shout you out, Gary Bryant. I want to invite you to the Pro Football Hall of Fame Academy Elite Camp this summer in Canton, Ohio. We are going to fly you down to Canton, Ohio, to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and you will spend 48 hours with the top 75 football players in America, and you will get on-field and off-field ed- education from some of the top players who have ever decided to lace up the cleats. Congratulations, Mr. Gary Bryant. One of my favorite kids, a terrific family, Gary Bryant Sr. and wife. Congratulations, you are now part of the Pro Football Hall of Fame Academy Elite Class of 2020. GB, let's move along. Let's move along, and we're going to talk games from last week. Kind of an overview. Obviously, we can't you know, highlight there was a thousand games played last weekend, but you know, we, we, I think I saw someone mention to us either on Facebook or Twitter about, hey, Division 5, we've got to shout out Aquinas. So let's do that, Key. Let's go to Division 5. And also, ironically, Londell is in that division. Oh, you know, you just shouted out Jordan Wilmore. So Absolutely. let's give some love to Division 5 real quick. And it is actually a pretty good division. Um, you know, last year we talked about Aquinas 
all the time because remember Brendan Rankins rushing for 200 yards and three touchdowns almost every single week. Rankins rushed for 3,000 last year. Aquinas lost him. Shoot, they're back. They get the top seed. They are playing Palos Verdes, who's always good. Um, on the top half, half of that bracket, Apple Valley, Glendora, also in that top half. And then I like this game right here, Keith. Lawndale is playing Antelope Valley. Antelope Valley's got explosive Jamal Bell, Lawndale. You already mentioned Jordan Wilmore. They also have a handful of other players that are pretty talented over there. Great secondary. Stan Livingston, Mikel uh, And Lawndale, Antelope Valley on the bottom half. Lacerna and St. Paul also on the bottom half. We're at the Elite Eight now, Keith, in yeah. all these different brackets, so it's kind of a cool deal. But I definitely see, and we probably should have touched upon this last week, but I, I, I like Lawndale in this bracket. Um, I thought they were the, the, the team to beat last year in Division Five. They were upset early on. I think this is their year. I do think Aquinas will get to the final as well. It's going to be Lawndale. It's going to be Aquinas. I just like Lawndale's strength and schedule. A little bit more. Wandell played a really good schedule. Sierra Canyon, uh, Narbonne, um, got a few other teams that were pretty, pretty good. Culver City in league play. But uh, a good bracket, good division. Aquinas, Londell. Let's make it happen, Keith. Let's make that happen. Those two teams, and let's go. That would be a fun final. No, absolutely. Definitely a fun final. Two very good football teams with guys that can make plays, physical fronts. It might be Londell's year, Greg. Remember, they got kind of knocked out, I think, second round last year. And, you know, the, it was an early exit for them. I think the expectations were higher. I think this might be their year. We'll see what happens, man. It's going to be interesting moving forward, that's for sure. It is. Hey, so should we just slide right up and go to Division Four? Right right to Division Four. Let's do it. So Division Four. Um, last week, I'm looking at this bracket, and not a lot of upsets. Uh, a lot of first-round blowouts, actually. All the teams that we picked to move on. Uh, all moved on pretty easily. Um, top half of the bracket, CDM is playing Yorba Linda. Uh, I like Yorba Linda. I'm kind of partial to them. My guy, Jeff Bailey, who I traveled with for 10 years in the Nike Camp Tour, one of our lead O-line coaches. got a, a guy, Michael Callahan, who just got offered by Boise State this past weekend. CDM, though, Keith, different monster, different animal, uh, too much garbage, too much John Humphreys. they got dudes all over the place, and uh, I think I had CDM coming out of that whole entire bracket, but uh, CDM Yorba Linda on the top, also Camarillo and Oak Hills. I think you had Oak Hills going pretty far, if I remember correctly, going all the way to the final, maybe even. Uh, Oak Hills was playing Camarillo. Yep. Uh, Camarillo was a big winner over Rio Mesa. Oak Hills has that power running game, not just Jason Rodriguez. So the whole starting five is all 300 plus, and they all are just mean, ugly, nasty. That's uh, that's the top half, and then great brethren rolled pretty easily. Uh, Paramount, the fighting uh, Michael Fletchers, that's going to be a game. And then Saugus and Villa Park. Uh, I like Villa Park a lot. I like Saugus, but I like Villa Park in that game. And uh, I see a, a Villa Park Grace Brethren matchup and a, gosh, yeah. Del Mar versus. Mm. Yeah. Talk to Go me. Go ahead, Keith. Give me your, give me your, let me think about that one. Give me your four games. Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, first of all, this Division Four is shaping up really, really nicely. This Elite Eight right here is, you know, eight really good teams. I can tell you right now, Camarillo is not a bad team at all. They're no, known no. for offense over there. They do a great job spreading the field, creating matchups, and really isolating their best players versus uh, someone that cannot guard them. I still like Oak Hills. I think November football is it's 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 planned for and it's very suitable for teams who run the football, who have physical trenches. Oak Hills is the most physical team in this division right now. I got Oaks Hill over Camarillo in a tight one. I think Corona Del Mar gets a win. Garbers and that group, they're loading on offense. This is going to set up a terrific semifinal. Love the matchup with Grace Brethren and Paramount. Two teams with good athletes, skill position kids. Can anybody stop the physical Lontrell Diggs? He's like the drone, the bus baddest. I'm going to call you Lontrell the bus digs because he's rolling. I might call him just the van. Lontrell the van digs. Um, He's rolling. Nobody's been able to stop this kid all year. Can Paramount, can they nut up at the line of scrimmage and get off a block? And make a play versus Diggs. We'll see what happens. I'm going to take Grace Brethren. I just don't think Paramount is going to be able to stop him running the football. 
I like Villa Park. So it's, I think, you know, Grace Brother and Villa Park in that semifinal. So it's, Division Four shaping up nicely, though, Greg. Let's move along. Let's move along to Division Three, And we have a top... Uh, top of the bracket, we have Cajon, yep. who is number one in Roland. They're taking on Dean Harrington and Perry Cleet. Uh, I talked to Dean earlier this week. He's actually pretty confident. He said they got some, you know, really young team. Um, they had like a 190-pound Z tackle early on in the year. They had a freshman center, but he's got some guys healthy, and, and he's got a, you know, he said, you know, hey, we got a chance. So uh, I, I'm, I'm a big Dean Harrington fan, as are you, but I think Cajon is probably a little too much firepower there. Uh, winner of that game takes on Santiago and Capo Valley. Uh, bottom half is Sierra Canyon, Moore Park, and Downey and Citrus Hill. So, um, again, some really good games there, Keith. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. This Cajon Paraclete matchup is probably one of the best games that are going to be going on this Friday. I can tell you that right now. Dean Harrington, like you said, I'm a big fan, been a big fan a long time. The guy simply knows how to get guys open in space. All right, uh, He does a great job coaching the offensive side of the ball. You expect a lot of points in this Cajon game. Jaden Daniels and company, they better be on their P's and Q's. Pericles looking to spring the upset in the Elite Eight, in the quarterfinals. This is going to be a very good game. Um, I'm actually going to take Cajon in a tight one here. I wouldn't be surprised if you see something like 45-41 here, Greg. Be looking for that. Santiago, Capistrano Valley. going to be interesting. Capistrano Valley used to run this division a few years ago, they were in the finals versus Calabasas. Still a good team. The Santiago team, they're okay. I'm going to take Capistrano Valley here to get the W and match up Cajon in the semifinals. Uh, Sierra Park, excuse me, Sierra Canyon, Moore Park, fun game. Drake London, DJ Harvey. You got a 6'4", 6'5", receiver going against kind of a 5'10", you know, freaky athlete on the outside, kind of out of that Adoree Jackson mode. You know, dare I say the Adoree Jackson mode. I really love DJ Harvey. His athleticism and his twitchiness on the perimeter. Him against Drake London. Looking forward to that match. That'll be fun. But Shaden Perry is a guy who put up points at the quarterback position for Sierra Canyon. J.D. Hernandez, big-time linebacker. Uh, that's going to be a tough one. I'm going to take more part. Excuse me. I'm going to take Sierra Canyon here. I think it's going to be a good game, but I got Sierra Canyon by about two touchdowns, Greg. Uh, 35-21 Sierra Canyon. I think they get it done. And then Downey, Citrus Hill. Uh, Citrus Hill, you know, they've been pretty good for a long time. Downey was in a championship game last year. Still a very good team. This will be a good one. This one is too close to call, but I'm going to keep it close to home. I'm going to take Downey here in a tight one, 28-27. GB, that's my call. Good. I think I agree with all the. I actually have Sierra Canyon going all the way to the final and playing Cajon. Yeah, I'm a big I can see fan that. of Sierra Canyon. Yeah. And then, I, yeah, I really think that downey Citrus Hill game is probably going to be the most competitive. And like you, uh, on, on paper, Cajon should probably win uh, over Paraclete by three touchdowns, but I feel like, you know, Dean Harrington, man, he is, Yeah, might, might be a little too much hyperbole, but if there is a, a Bill Belichick of high school coaches just knows how to game plan and get ready for a team that mm. has much better superior talent, I've seen it, dude, when he was at Hart High School. Yeah. I saw them beat teams that he had no business beating just because they could out-scheme and, and out-coach, uh, get, like you mentioned, man, and get guys open, and they've always played really tough physical defense. This year, they're a little bit down defensively, but... Uh, I, I think they could give him a battle, but again, it's probably just too much Jaden Daniels. And it's going to division two, Keith. Yep. Um, great bracket here. Uh, we've got four really good games. The top seed is Rancho Verde taking on Alameda, who was a little bit of an upset winner over Cathedral. Uh, Notre Dame with Sherman Oaks and probably the game of the week, Keith. Did you hear about this game? I know we don't want to spend too much time on each game, but this game was highly, highly controversial. Uh, Notre Dame beat La Habra on the last play of the game. Yeah. And there was a little viral video going out. It was basically, you know, Cooper Meek, quarterback for Notre Dame, Sherman Oaks are down by one. He does a, a quarterback sneak where he tried to put the ball over the, over the goal line. I didn't get a good angle from the video I was showing, but the ball got basically knocked out of his hand into the end zone, recovered by La Habra, but they ruled it a Notre Dame touchdown and, and game over. So I think the controversy was they couldn't really tell if the ball crossed the plane. Obviously, you know, the Notre Dame side said, oh, it definitely crossed the plane. La Havre side said, no, it did not. It should have been ruled a fumble. La Havre's ball in the end zone touchback. Regardless, it was a phenomenal game. Like I said, 41 to 34. Um, you know, really good game by all the stars and Clark Phillips. 
as he's done, stepped up big time. Uh, Christian Grubb for Notre Dame had another big game, almost 200 yards of offense in that one. So Notre Dame is taking on Los Alamitos. Los Al got by Westlake. He's, I, I think uh, that was almost like a pickup game for us. But Los Al was able to get by Westlake 19 to 14. So Notre Dame taking on Los Al. Great, great, great game. On the bottom half, Norco against Upland, San Juan Hills against Calabasas. So, again, I'm sure you probably heard Upland Heritage, kind of a scary moment. Uh, a player from Heritage had a heart attack in the pregame on Friday night. Yeah. That game was moved to Saturday. Right. And, again, Upland um, is up. Heritage scores, goes for two of the win. Upland stops them. So, Upland survived and advanced. They take on a Norco team that blew out rather than East Valley. And, uh, like I said, dude, four really good matches right there, Keith. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Uh, I like Alamany. That Rancho Verde game, I think it's going to be very high scoring. I know Rancho Verde played some really good defense last week. Alamany's got a really good offense. They've got receivers Green and um, Fontenot that can go. Really love the quarterback Moss. They got a really good coach. Both both sides have really good coaching, okay? Um, offensive guys who can push the ball, ball vertically, but also they like to get in the catch-and-run game. That Notre Dame-Los Al game, don't sleep on Los Alamino. This has been a sleeper team all week. I think they sneak up on Notre Dame, and they pop them here. I like Los Alamitos getting a win versus Notre Dame, and I like Alamini getting a win versus Rancho Verde. Moving along, that Norco Upland game seems to be really interesting, but I think it's Norco's time. I think they step up and they step up big here against an Upland team that just has not been playing well as of late. I think Norco gets it done here and moves to the semifinal. San Juan Hills, Calabasas. Interesting. This would be the point, Greg, where Calabasas improved defense under head coach Chris Claiborne is really going to show its mettle. San Juan Hills has a physical run game, but Calabasas, and I've seen this from my own eyes, they have a tough run defense. They thud up, they get off blocks, they use their hands, and they square up on ball carriers and make collisions and and, and really punish football carriers in the backfield. They use their quickness to get in the backfield and and get the guy, get the running back stopped before he gets going. I like Calabasas here to take down San Juan Hills. So you're looking at Norco Calabasas, which I think is a really good matchup in the semifinals, GB. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. I think we we agree in the bottom half. On the top half, I actually, I'm actually going to lean toward Rancho Verde versus Notre Dame. Okay. So, um, and then I, I like, Calabas. To me, I think Calabasas, Norco are the two best teams in the division. Unfortunately, they're on the same side. Yeah, I don't. I don't um, understand that one. But yeah, and again, with Upland, you mentioned it. The, even the wins haven't really been too impressive. Justin Flo was banged up. I, I heard he only played about a half of last game. He's, a, you know, again, we're dealing with a neck issue. Yeah, uh, man. Got to be extremely careful, dude. Extremely careful. So I don't know if he's even going to be able to play. Norco's got a power running game. The freshman Jay Knott, Shane Ellenworth uh, is a really good looking quarterback. So. I think Norco is going to be a tough out for Upland. You know, I like Calabasas. That was kind of my pick to, to win that division. Hey, last but not least, Keith, let's go to Division One. Oh yeah. Again, no uh, no big upsets here. Um, uh, you know, when it came to the, the seedings, I guess you could say Mission Viejo over Fitch Vermont was an upset. But I think we both thought Mission Viejo was going to win that one. That was just a, a tough draw for Fitch Vermont. They go nine and one, win their league, and they get Mission Viejo in the first round. And Mission Viejo won. Pretty easily, twenty-four to seven. So, uh, looking at the matchup, we got St. John Bosco versus San Clemente. We got Jay Sarah versus Oaks Christian. Uh, Modern Day and Mission Viejo on the bottom half, and then Ranch Cucamonga against Centennial of Corona. Also on that bottom half, St. John Bosco shut out Sarah last week, and then uh, San Clemente blew out Murrieta Valley. Um, Jay Sarah, the game I was at, Keith, was uh, Jay Sarah against Long Beach Poly. Jay Sarah was a big win. Uh, you know, Long Beach Poly actually was able to, to move the ball a little bit. Had five turnovers in three quarters. Had four in the first half, then one early in the third quarter when they moved the ball and just kept turning the ball over. Jay Sarek, so many weapons that can beat you with Trish Street. They got the three receivers. All three receivers made plays. Caden Bell, really efficient. He's the kind of quarterback you pick, I think you want in the playoffs, right? He's just a smart guy. Isn't going to make too many mistakes. And then the defense is playing pretty well, too. So for me, the best game... And this most competitive game in this in this weekend, Keith, might be that Jay Sarah Oaks Christian game. 
Oh, love that matchup uh, for multiple reasons. If you look at the matchups within the matchups, 2020 offensive lineman who's kind of hot on the recruit girl, Jeffrey Percy. I believe his name is Greg. I know you like him a lot. You talked about him way back yeah. when. He's matching yeah. up against Kayvon Thibodeau, the number one prospect in the country. That's going to be fun to see. Kayvon's got to bring his hard hat and his lunch pill and go to work. Young Jeffrey Percy, he's got to stand in, move his feet. He's got to get his hands on Kayvon early. And Caden Bell's got to help him out, help him out by climbing the pocket and, and, and not getting to the top of his drop and being a statue, which Kate never does. So I expect him to kind of be on the move early. But I really love the matchup uh, with Josh Calvert as a linebacker um, and, and guys like Lenthal on the edge. I like them versus Chris Street, you know, a really good running back who I've got a lot of respect for. He's a big-time football player. I really like that matchup. You look on the flip side, Jay Sarah, the young cornerback, uh, they have over there 44. I'm, I'm forgetting his name right now, but he's my guy. And then Samaje Duncan going yeah. against, you know, Bryce Farrell. I love that matchup. Those are two, you know, high-level athletes that are going to be going at it on the outside. Don't sleep, though. Uh, Oaks Christian, they have another receiver, and I never remember this kid's name. He's number 25. <laughs> Just be on the lookout for him. He's good, Greg. He's very underrated, undervalued, and overlooked by other teams, but he always comes up with big plays. How about the linebacking core of Clanton and Genova matched up against World Bowl running back Zach Charbonnet? That, that that's a good matchup, man. Those are three physical ball players who play with a lot of intensity and have a lot of self pride, and they're going to meet more than a couple times in that hole. And uh, from one linebacker and a running back, I used to be to you other three guys. Here's what I can tell you: Don't flinch. Come downhill. Bring everything you got to the party, and be willing to die on that football field. Before you let the other guy outduel you, that's what I can say for you. Um, Zach Charbonnet is the senior, so I think he's got more to lose than anybody. But Clanton and Genova are really good football players. That is going to be a fun game. That might be the game that I'm at. I might take the trip to San Juan Capistrano, Greg. That's going to be really good, really, really good. That's also the uh, the TV game of the week. So if you want to just sit back and have a you know have a beverage and a bowl of popcorn, you can always watch it on TV as well. You know, it's kind of funny. So Kayvon. Uh, speaking of Kayvon Tippo, he's taking his official visit to Florida. And so that game was moved from 7 to 7.30. His flight, he's got a red-eye flight around 12.45 at night. So he's got to get from San Capistrano Ooh. to LAX yeah. to get on that flight. I'm like, dude, you guys better think and have your stuff at the field. I got a car ready for him to go. But in terms of that matchup, Keith, I, I don't think you're going to see too much of him in person because Kayvon's more of a comes off the right, plays more right defensive end, and uh, Percy's a right tackle. So their their left tackle is actually Jacob Angel okay. at Jay Sarah. He's a bigger guy. I, I don't think I like Jeffy Percy a lot. Uh, he looked really good against Polly, but just he's still. I don't know if he's ready for Kayvon. He's yeah. probably about you know Jeffy needs to get a little bit bigger, stronger. Right. Angel is probably the bigger, more physical guy. So he probably matches up better with Kayvon. But I love the matchup of just the two linebackers, Genova and Victor Clanton, who both were good in the Long Beach Poly game. And, and Charbonnet coming full steam right down the middle field. There's going to be some uh, epic collisions in that one. So, Hey, by the way, uh, Greg, I do yeah. want to mention this. By the way, I do want to mention this. Um, you know what? I forgot what I was going to mention. How about that? <laughs> That's okay. Hey, also, I think uh, another game, Keith, that, that's worth mentioning, Marday Mission Viejo. Yes. You know, no one knows Marday better than, than Chad Johnson. Obviously, former Bosco OC has got up against Marday, you know, twice the last two years, and then once a year prior to that, being at Tejon Bosco. Uh, I, I think Marday probably has, you know, a little too much, but I think Mission Viejo has got a, got a really clutch team. You know, it's going to be kind of fun watching Joey Yellen, a former, uh, you know, former Bosco quarterback. So he knows Monterey pretty well. Jojo Force on one side, Achille Arnold, both those two big-time playmakers against Darion Greenborn and Elias Ricks and that Monterey secondary. Um, you know, Anderson as well. Sure. Um, he's got a, a trio of, of pretty explosive athletes. And then on the back end, Mitch one, one thing Mitch Vigil does really well is they hit the quarterback. Um, sometimes they hit him, you know, three or four seconds late, but they hit the quarterback all game long. they got a really good defensive front. So Bryce... Is going to need to use his ability to escape and extend, get the ball to the receivers. Big Brew McCoy, um, again, 
Do they match up JoJo Forrest on, on Big Brew one-on-one? Uh, that's a tough, tough deal. Uh, they put Achille Arnold and maybe rotate someone else over on him, kind of bracket him a little bit. Does Hoffman Dixon go off? They need to have that second guy. Michael Martinez has been playing well. Uh, you know, you got to worry about dollars out of the backfield. Jacoby Harper, how do you slow him down? So a lot of little game-within-a-game type matchups. So that's going to be a fun one. And then, you know, Centennial over Olu last week, 35-7. to uh, Helensky to Loya, 40-yard touchdown the first drive of the game. And that was it for yeah. Centennial. Um, or excuse me, it for Orange Lutheran. And unfortunately, JoJo Hopkins uh, separated shoulder first play of the game. Uh, Ryan Helensky knocked out with a concussion-like syndrome in the second quarter. And uh, that was about it. Centennial, again, right now, I don't know if anyone's playing better. You know, on both sides of the ball, we talk about their defense all the time. But offensively, you know, they got all kinds of playmakers, Keith. Not just Gary Bryant, but, you know, with Alvarez, it's Smith. It's the running backs that are, that are playing really well right now with, with you know, Octavio Cortez. And uh, Carter Freeland is playing really good. And um, if they can move the ball and score 35 points, that defense is going to win every other game they play. I, I mean, I'm not looking ahead too far. I, I don't – get not to disrespect Rancho Cucamonga. Um, I like what they're doing with – Went 0 for 4 and then ended up winning 7 8 straight. But I just think Centennial versus Modern Day, destiny to happen. And I'm excited to see that game and just see that Centennial front getting after Bryce Young and just seeing, you know, can this great defense, they always say defense wins championships. And in today's NFL, I don't know if that's true anymore, but in high school football and college, they always say defense wins championships. Can this great Centennial front, can they neutralize Modern Day? enough for Centennial's offense to score 28 points, 24 points. Um, if they do, that'll be fun. I have no idea why I'm even talking about it, Keith. I apologize. We're two weeks away from that. <laughs> uh, how about real quick, Keith, break down a little bit of St. John Bosco, San Clemente for me. No, St. John Bosco, San Clemente. Here's the thing. Bosco's defensive line was really dominant in that first round game against Sarah. I mean, literally shutting Sarah down before the play even got off. Sacramento has got to be able to to get a push up front. Donaldson's a really good running back. I love Costello's ability to get out on the edge. They're going to have to move that pocket early and often, Greg. They're going to need some misdirection, maybe a reverse, couple counter plays, some waggle action. Move that launch launching point for Costello because St. John Bosco, if they get a sitting duck on a spot in the backfield, they're going to get after him. San Clemente's got to use the screen game. They got to use the draw game. They got to use, uh, I think, a tempo offense. They got to do a great job of keeping that Bosco defense off balance, getting the ball out quick, being able to block on the perimeter, make it a, a, a two-on-two game, Greg, rather than an 11-on-11 game. Does that make sense to you? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Bosco, on the flip side of that, uh, I'm not sure San Clemente can do much to keep that Bosco offense out of the end zone. If I'm San Clemente and I'm Jaime Ortiz, I institute a very tempoed but ball-controlled offense. Tempo meaning get your guys up to the line quickly, but make sure you have a check-with-me system. Get your team into the right play. Move that launching point. Take your shots down the field. When it's available, uh, but they're going to have to be creative on offense, Greg. They're going to have to keep St. John Bosco thinking because uh, they just got too many good players, too many good athletes, especially on the defensive side of the ball, to just be, uh, you know, not, I wouldn't say vanilla, but just to be, uh, you know, regular. You, you got to come in with something unique, something dynamic, something that's going to keep them guessing uh, because the Braves are real. They are really real. Mar- I, they, go ahead. Yeah, no, I would say they are real, and it's just one of those games, right? You know, Jaime Ortiz was a was a really good DC before being the head coach, and he's done. They they game planned really well against teams with explosive offenses. You know, I, a couple of years ago when they knocked off Nero the Valley, when I didn't think they had a chance to beat Nero the Valley, that was a CF championship game. I, I just think he'll have a great scheme. He'll have his guys in the right position to play, Keith. But at the end of the day, if their guy is better than your guy, it doesn't sometimes matter. You know what I'm saying? If their guy is just a better player and your guy is in a position to tackle George Helani and George Helani runs right over you, you can't do much. And I think that's what it's going to be. I think Sacramento is going to be well coached. They're going to scheme properly. They're going to be in the game. 
I think Bosco is just too good man for man. There is nobody in America that has their talent. Uh, it's just it's going to be a tough matchup for the one town, one team Tritons. Yeah, tough deal. Really quickly, the Centennial receivers, they've got a trio of receivers, Greg, that I think are kind of undervalued here in Southern California. We know about Bosco's receivers. We know about Modern Day with Brew McCoy and others. Jay Sierra, they got a loaded group. The Centennial receivers with Retzlaff, with Bryant, with Smith, they're very good. They win a lot yeah. of 50-50 balls. They get a ton of separation. Um, they're very good after the catch. Be looking out for them in that semifinal game if they get past Rancho Cucamonga versus Modern Day. Uh, looking at the Modern Day Mission Viejo matchup, I think it's going to be closer than the experts think, Greg. I like Mission Viejo's matchup versus Modern Day for a few reasons. Number one. They have a senior quarterback, a senior quarterback that with some poise under pressure, who can make good decisions and not be sped up by that modern day front. The modern day front is a little small. Mission Viejo does a decent job running the football. They do a great job um, kind of in the quick game. I really like JoJo Forrest on the outside, playing both ways. Also, Akili Arnold. I just think it's a better matchup than people think for Mission Viejo versus Modern Day. Uh, I like the way they guard defensively. I like the ability to put pass, uh, get a pass rush on Bryce Young with McNeely and others uh, kind of in that front. Uh, that senior quarterback is a big piece to it, though. Arnold is a playmaker on the outside with yelling. They've got to be able to establish a run game, though, Greg. Modern Day can't just tee off on Joey Yellen. they got to establish a run game, create some balance, so to keep Modern Day from bringing the house in passing situations or, you know, sitting back, playing zone all day and just stopping to run with a front five or a front six. That's my call. That's a great call, and... We just previewed a bunch of matchups that we probably should have saved for Friday, Coach Keith. But uh, I think without further ado, yep. we want to wind this show up. Absolutely. Let's bring this baby to a close. Hey, we appreciate you fans, you listeners, for listening to the Transparent Truth. Make sure you reach out to our partner. Tell them, hey, listen to the Transparent Truth, number one high school football podcast in America. Very excited to make some special announcements today. Congratulations to Gary Bryant, Chris Adam Mora, also Jordan Wilmore, Lawndale High School. And uh, we appreciate you guys for joining us. Follow us on all the social medias. We're out there. It's the Transparent Truth. Nobody does it better. Let's bring this baby to a close. There's a new sheriff in town. And his name's Richie Hammond. Y'all be cool.